Hello, and welcome to this week's Business Transformation 101 podcast. I am your host, Bill Fegis. In last week's podcast, we provided one example of a new product development process called New Product Blueprinting. This week, we will do a deeper dive on another new product development process, Rapid Innovation. Dr. Phil Samuel of the Lean Methods Group, who provided us with an overview of strategy creation in a prior podcast, is joining us today to provide insight on rapid innovation. You will note that many of the concepts discussed in strategic creation also apply in rapid innovation. The Lean Methods Group is a global management consulting firm specializing in the application of highly collaborative and methodical approaches to business performance improvement. Its business model is simple, apply lean methodologies to solve its clients' problems. Through its portfolio of strategy, innovation, operational excellence, data analytics, and change management methods, Lean Methods helps you solve today's toughest problems while building your team's capabilities to sustain success and drive change tomorrow. Dr. Phil Samuel is a trusted advisor to C-level leadership, providing strategic direction to clients across multiple industries on their business transformation journey. He is responsible for business development, design and execution of clients' business transformation initiatives, staffing, performance management, and delivering results. Though the Lean Methods portfolio of strategy, innovation, operational excellence, and digital transformation approaches, Phil and his team help solve clients' toughest problems of today while building client teams' capabilities so they can sustain success and drive change tomorrow. I've worked with Phil and the Lean Methods team for over three years. Lean Methods was a key partner in training various leadership teams of multiple operating companies on the rapid innovation process. In today's podcast, Phil will provide us with an overview of the key aspects of the rapid innovation process. Phil, welcome to the Business Transformation 101 podcast series again. And thank you for taking the time to share with us your insights and expertise on rapid innovation. I'll turn the, uh, the microphone and the slides over to you. Bill, thank you for having me uh, again. Uh, very pleased and happy to join you and discuss a few things about rapid innovation process and the associated sprints. In this podcast, we will discuss growth challenges faced by organizations. We'll discuss how innovation and new product development helps with revenue growth and profit growth, and a modern approach called the phase gate new product development and how that helps innovation process and revenue growth. We'll also discuss the difficulties or the dilemma with innovation and new product development. And how do we overcome the dilemma uh, through separating the front end of the innovation from the back end of the design? We will dive deep into the front end of innovation through rapid innovation sprints. We will de demonstrate the details of that process and then we'll wrap up the session with how we integrate the rapid innovation with the phase gate process. 
every organization is on a journey. It starts with their current state. In the current state, they have to discuss their four Ws. What do they offer product and services wise and to whom they offer it to? Their customers, the type of the customers, the characteristics of the customers and the needs customers face for which their products and services are a good fit. The way is in a sense, the processes, the secret sauce, the how for the company's value creation. Why is the reason that the company has to, company gets to earn their rights to serve in this market? What ticks them? What's their DNA? What's their propelling energy? That describes the why. Now, every company is on its journey. So in the future, they have to ask the question about the same four Ws. In the future, what will we offer? Who will be our customers and their characteristics? And what will be our value creation process? And hopefully the why hasn't changed significantly since as it relates to the DNA of the organization. It is possible, but it is much harder to change the DNA of any companies. So this says growth, revenue growth and profit growth are a high priority for most organizations. You can achieve your revenue growth through acquisitions and mergers or through organic product development, new product innovation, etc. Both has its advantages as well as disadvantages. Most mergers and acquisitions end up destroying shareholders' wealth. Similarly, the product innovation and services has its share of difficulties. Roughly, one study shows that roughly 80% of the VC investments fail. However, the VC investors know that number and they hedge their bets accordingly. So when you talk about large publicly owned corporations, the research shows that over 90% of them fail to sustain above average shareholder return for the long term. Bad reputation for new product and services. 75% of new solutions fail that established companies put into the marketplace. So we ask the question, how do we solve this dilemma and help the companies create their future? This talk is focused on the second path to growth that is through organic means, through product and services innovation. If you step back and look at how we as humans have developed products and services, it started out a single inventor using his or her own personal creativity and coming up with new product and services. It moved then into an engineer-driven method to develop product and services. Eventually, we have moved into a era where we look at customers' unmet needs 
and collaboratively we create new product and services. Eventually it's moving into the direction of product and services created by the customer for the customer where the customer is at the center and the forefront of the creation process. So in this journey, we made a significant progress and breakthrough with the establishment of product development process called phase gate process or stage gate process. What is it? it we created standard work for each of the aspect of the product development. So I've shown you two generic examples of the phase gate process. What's common about them all is the fact that we must gather customer needs, we must develop a concept, and obviously we must have a business case, and then we go through the design phase. If it's a complex design, it needs a concept turning into preliminary design where we establish the systems and subsystems, eventually going into the detailed design and eventually creating the production process and doing a scale up of the full launch. Even though we made breakthrough improvements with the help of the phase gate process, we still struggle. So we step back and say, what are the reasons we still fail or we don't have the success rate that we would like to reach? It turns out there are two categories of challenges any new product development initiatives need to address. The first set of challenges have high uncertainties and there are four of them. First one, understanding the customer needs. What are the unmet customer needs? And to make it more abundantly clear, what are the jobs customers are struggling to get done? And are they willing to pay for these unmet needs? And is it in an attractive market? That's the first uncertainty. The second uncertainty is that what ideas, what technology or what solution will address that unmet need? The third uncertainty is that, what is, is there a viable business model to serve the market? And fourth uncertainty is that in spite of understanding the unmet customer need, finding the right idea and a viable business model, will the customer still adopt our solutions? In fact, it could be more than the customer. Our idea could be killed by regulatory agencies. Our idea could be killed by other stakeholders. These are four uncertainties, but that's only one category of challenges faced with new product development. The second categories are relating to creating products that are and services that are flawless, which means the concept of design for X. How do we create products that are maximized or optimized for 
all kinds of illities and minimize the so-called ings. Illities such as performability, reliability, durability, manufacturability. Those need to be optimized and maximized. Then there are other ings that are non-value added, but necessary in the life cycle. Storing, transporting, repairing, all of those need to be minimized and so that the customers gets products that are with high value, as well as the provider can find value above and beyond their cost of producing it. In addition, there are production challenges, scale-up challenges, marketing challenges, adoption challenges. These are what I call the second categories of challenges that are needed to be addressed in developing product and services. When we look at these challenges, since they belong to two categories, more and more companies are realizing that there are really two distinct categories of challenges. The front end of innovation is associated with addressing the four key uncertainties. The, since by definition there are uncertainties, we need a different process for it compared to perfecting a good idea for a market that is highly uncertain with a viable business model. In the front end of innovation, we would like to follow a iterative process to convert assumptions into knowledge. So you will, you will see in the last 10 years or so, or 15 years or so, there have been several movements to address these four challenges. Design thinking originated at Stanford University and firms like IDEO, who's made it popular, lean startup, agile, rapid innovation, rapid prototyping, all of them have one common theme. Can I address these assumptions about the customers, about the idea, about the business model, about the adoption, and turn them into knowledge? Well, that's the first part of the challenge. The second part of the challenge is creating products and services that are flawless and we must get it done right for the first time. So the emphasis is on perfection, manufacturability, reliability, robustness, etc. what we call design for X. This process can be done reliably through a phase gate process. So instead of putting front end into the back end or back end into the front end, if they are decoupled, you can actually achieve superior results and higher odds of success. And that is what you see in the slide, decoupling the front end process where we resolve the four uncertainties, unmet customer needs, the right ideas, viable business models, and getting an understanding of the arts of adoption by stakeholders. Once those high uncertainties are resolved, 
becomes much easier and much faster to put your ideas and the process through the phase gate process and come out successfully with a new product and new services introduction. This podcast focus on the left side of the model that is front end of innovation. You can call it rapid innovation sprint. You can call it design thinking sprint. You can call it lean startup, but they all have common themes. And what are those common themes? First, we must make sure that we understand the solution neutral customer needs. And from that, we must extract the unmet underserved customer needs. Second, we must discover the whole comprehensive list of ideas that are potentially possible to address the unmet customer need. Focus on them, extract the key concept, turn them into developing solutions. That's about designing the solutions and designing the right business model. Then we must figure out if the likelihood of adoption is high or not. And that's why we do demonstrate the innovation through feedback with customers and users. And I illustrate in the figure on the left, it's not a linear process, it's iterative. It's about turning assumptions into knowledge. The right side of the process has a bit more certainty. It can be done thoroughly, linearly, and with high certainty or higher certainty. In a sense, we can think of these uncertainties as a way of measuring risks. We have assumptions. There are two kinds of assumptions. Things I know that I don't know. That's one kind of assumptions. Then there is a second kind of assumptions. Things I don't even know that I don't know. And that's the explorer's mindset. I am prepared to go find the uncharted territory and turn the assumptions into knowledge. So the journey we take is, how do I come through this curve of high assumptions, low knowledge into a place where we have low amount of assumptions and high knowledge? We will never achieve the perfect knowledge and zero assumptions. So at some point, we want to come down through this curve. The starburst shows sprints, and each of the sprint addresses the four kinds of assumptions and turn them into knowledge so that we reach a relatively low risk area where we can decide if my project or my program is worthy to go into the phase gate process of full product development. And that's the process. In the next few slides, I will illustrate and explain how these sprints are carried out to uncover assumptions and turn them into knowledge. So the, the precise approach is about finding first about the unmet customer needs. And when I talk about unmet customer needs, it's focusing about the solution neutral customer needs. Second is to look for ideas. 
we can look for ideas inside the existing paradigm or we can look for ideas outside the existing paradigm and we are looking for ideas that are impactful yet feasible once we say we have unmet customer need and we have the right ideas that's not sufficient we still need to find a a business model that is viable customers are willing to pay we are able to make a profit out of it and we have the right channels we have the right communication schemes we have the value creation approach since it's in the world of uncertainties we would like to turn the assumptions into knowledge we would like to do that with least amount of investment and maximize the amount of knowledge we can gather so there is this idea called mvp minimum viable product that originated from the lean startup movement where we like to minimize our losses and get more information through this process it's iterative speed is emphasized minimizing the cost is emphasized so let's get deep into it uh, before i get deep into it i just wanted to show that more and more companies are embracing this approach of decoupling the front end innovation process from the back end and they are finding that their success rate has increased significantly as a result of embracing the decoupled process so let's now get into the details so we have four uncertainties number 1 what are the unmet customer needs number 2 what are the best ideas that are impactful yet feasible number 3 can we create a design not just the product design a business model design that's viable number 4 can we find the adoption rate so taking the first question what are the unmet customer needs i like this quote from professor ted levitt or or former professor ted levitt from harvard business school where he said people don't want to buy a quarter inch drill they want a quarter inch hole so this describes the idea of the job to be done the job customers are trying to get done uh, is not they want a drill instead they want a hole in fact they don't even want a hole they want a hole so that they can attach a frame or install a system on their wall so understanding the job to be done is the first key the second is to understand the map that is the steps they go through to get a job done researchers have found that there are eight universal steps to get any job done whether you are making your dinner at home tonight or planning to go to mars or do a brain surgery you always have to go through these eight steps most engineering companies are notorious for focusing their innovation on the execute step you want to cut wood well that's the the saw so all their innovations are focused on this saw and that's the execute step 
But define is about planning. Locating is about getting the resources. Preparing is about getting ready and so forth. So as an innovator, we must understand the entire cycle of how the jobs get done. Then for each of these steps, customers have needs. During the planning steps, they want to minimize the amount of time they spend on planning. They want to minimize the complexity in the planning. So by extracting what we call outcome statements, outcome expectations attached to each job step, we will gather a comprehensive list of solution neutral customer needs. This is our first challenge, uncovering the list of customer needs. We can do so through a three-phased approach. First is observation. Rather than trusting the customer with what they tell us, we observe their situation and we identify what they do or what they struggle to get done. And that's the idea behind ethnography, which we borrowed from anthropology, which is a branch of social sciences. The idea there is that customers' behavior is a better predictor of their needs rather than what they tell you. Followed by observations, we can have interactions through qualitative research. Then we eventually go through quantitative methods to identify which of these needs are underserved. And to do so, we go through a two-dimensional assessment. How important is this need and how satisfied are you today with the existing solution to address the need? And when a need is highly important, very or extremely important, but not so well satisfied, it forms the basis for the underserved customer needs. And this is a precise methodology that has been shown with high success rates. When companies and projects were done, executed, after they understood the underserved customer needs, the odds of success rate with not new product in introduction have significantly gone up. So this results our first challenge. Can I precisely identify what the underserved customer need is? Unfortunately, there is no a good definition of what a customer need is, this does. What jobs are customers struggling to get done? What steps do they go through? And for each step, what are their solution neutral needs? And can I rate them on importance versus satisfaction and extract the underserved need? Once we have understood the unmet customer needs, now they are ready for matching them with the right ideas. So this is our second challenge. The best ideas can come from inside the paradigm or outside the paradigm, which means we must search for it. Unfortunately, the, the method that commonly used by companies and people are the brainstorming. And the brainstorming has its own problems. First, 
the brainstorming or the method to seek out ideas has two process. The first process is divergent process where we collectively and exhaustively find the ideas both inside and outside the paradigm. And then it's the convergence process where we select the best feasible ideas yet impactful ideas. And then we want to take them into the design phase. So the two key concepts in discovering ideas are one called searching for ideas at inside and outside the paradigm. We have ideas at our brain based on our past experience. Our team has lots of ideas within our industry, also known as within the paradigm, we have lots of ideas. Well, we can get inspirations from all of these areas and come up with ideas. But many times the best ideas reside in another industry or in nature. That's one way to look for ideas. Another way is to think about the levels of ideation. This is a, a model that Rolf Smith, former Air Force uh, Academy person, written a book on seven levels of change. Level one through five are paradigm consistent ideas. Level six and level seven are outside the paradigm ideas. You will notice that level six are ideas that are no one in your industry is doing. And level seven ideas are ideas that at, in the beginning look impossible, that just cannot be done, it seems, in the beginning. But we must embrace both sets of ideas as breakthrough can come from either world. When we discover ideas, we want to not kill any ideas as we are looking for exhaustive list of ideas and we need to modify the behaviors, encouraging playfulness and discouraging killing ideas are important characteristics of this phase. Sketching ideas are important characteristics also for this phase. We can also get ideas from other industries. We can look at trends in technologies. We can look for inspiration from patents, patents done in other industry. We can look for function search, clean your clothes. We have been using two ideas for cleaning clothes for the last 50 or 100 years, mechanical agitation and chemical dissolution. But if you take it as, I'm trying to separate a solid from another solid, there are 22 other known ways to separate a solid from another solid. It extends us to look at other paradigms to get ideas. So be open for ideas, both inside your paradigm as well as outside your paradigm. Above and beyond that, ideas also exist in nature. Many of the problems we are trying to solve has already been solved in nature. Here is an example. JR Railway in Japan faced the problem of 
wanting to increase the speed of the train, but since they go through tunnels and compress the air in front of them, and as it emerges out of the tunnel, it creates a sonic boom, causing high disturbances and noise. That's the problem they wanted to solve. In other words, our train is going from a high density medium to low density medium. And when you come out of it, it's causing major acoustic challenge. So they asked the question, has this problem been solved already by someone else? One of the engineer happens to be an, a bird watcher. He asked the question, has this problem been solved in nature? He found out that Kingfisher is very adept at solving this problem. A Kingfisher is actually able to do a deep dive from a low density air into high density water and catch its prey, the fish, without disturbing it. Inspired by the shape of that Kingfisher's beak, they redesigned the front shape of the train and successfully sold that they can increase the speed and reduce the, the noise and the acoustic problems and improve the energy consumption or the efficiency of it all by learning from the nature. A recent success story is the concussion problems faced by football players, hockey players. A researchers asked the same question, is there anything in nature who has to constantly move its head yet don't have to face headaches or concussions? A woodpecker is a champion adopter in this area. It turns out the woodpecker shakes its head millions of times in its lifetime, yet they, we have scientifically shown that it doesn't get concussion or headaches. So what is the unique characteristics of the woodpecker's system that enables it. It turns out its tongue wraps around its brain and every time it shakes its brain, it squeezes the jugular vein and creates a pool of blood that acts as the shock absorber. So the soft brain tissue, when it is moving towards the, the rigid the brain skull, that shock is absorbed by the pool of blood held at high pressure. Inspired by that idea, we extracted the design principle and some group of companies, a company has created a collar that does the same principle. They have already shown that the kids who wore the device significantly improved the health of their brain versus the kids who did not when they were playing sports. And that is what that diagram shows. This device is going through the FDA process for approval. So in the discover phase, we get lots of ideas. Now, which ideas are the best, most feasible and most impactful? And so we group these ideas and we go through the challenges of finding the most impactful yet feasible ideas. We use a number of techniques and tools to prioritize them. 
first is the is to turn these ideas into key concepts so the first diagram or the graphic on the left and the top show key concepts versus a score on the impact which idea will have the highest impact in terms of its ability to solve the unmet customer needs we can also refine them by impact versus the ease of implementation and from this we are prioritizing key concepts the best concept are now then turned it into creating the business model a business model has four key components what's your value proposition how will you deliver value how will you create value and how will you capture them so even though you may have the best product idea it's not sufficient it must have a viable business model and that can be designed and developed then you create a roadmap the roadmap is what is the generation 1 what is the generation 2 what is the generation 3 and so forth you develop a roadmap for your product implementation and that's all part of designing your strategy for product introduction but we are in the front end of innovation where we want to test our idea so that's where the minimum viable product product comes in what's the minimum viable product where we can test our assumptions and turn them into knowledge and that leads us to demonstrating that mvp we first start with paper prototypes non working prototypes 3d models simulations eventually to get feedback from our customers so that we can convert our assumptions into knowledge and we can iterate through this process so that we resolve the four uncertainties number 1 what are the unmet customer needs number 2 what are the most impactful ideas yet feasible number 3 do we have the best viable business model and can we find the best concept that has the highest level of adoption so in a sense through this process we converted our uncertainties into knowledge and at this point we are ready for a rigorous phase gate process where we go through customer needs turn them into solution requirements go through in depth concept design to product preliminary and detailed design where we can focus on elites and inks and create product and services that has highest chance for success in the marketplace phil great uh, great overview and a lot of information to digest there so hopefully our listeners can uh, look in and dig in um as i said earlier i've had the pleasure of going through this process a couple times and just to wrap up i think You know, rapid innovation is a structured, robust process, and it can be utilized to build an effective new product development program in your business. 
as, as Phil said, separating the front end of the innovation process from the back end really increases the odds of success and lowers the risk that you have with the investments of both of time, money, and resources. As his, his chart showed, you know, you're trying to turn those assumptions into knowledge as much as possible before you uh, leap into the development uh, from the phase gate point of view. And really taking this structured standard work approach will ensure that your new product development team is investing in the development of the right products, the ones that have winning value propositions and will drive the company's growth while realizing the excellent financial returns. Phil, thanks again for the in-depth review of Rapid Innovation. I appreciate you taking the time to join the podcast. If you are interested in learning more about this process, please reach out to the Lean Methods group at leanmethods.com or to Phil at psamuel314 at gmail.com. One final thought on rapid innovation or any new product development process. Innovation and new product development is a contact sport. The uh, new product development team needs to go out and interact with the customers, preferably face-to-face. -face. This interaction needs to be an information collection process, not a sales process. And it must be cross-functional, including at a minimum members from marketing, engineering, and sales. Listen to the customer, go to Gemba, observe how your product fits into their production process and their product. And if possible, see how the customer's customer is impacted by your product. Great ideas come from listening and observing. In the interest of continuous improvement, I invite feedback from our listeners. Please share your thoughts and ideas on these weekly podcasts and feel free to suggest topics which you believe would provide useful information for you and our listeners. Thank you again for joining us on today's podcast. And thanks again to Phil. Please join us for next week's podcast when we will have an in-depth look at achieving diversity in the leadership team. Thanks again, Phil. And thanks again to all our listeners. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for the opportunity.